my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely awesome day today. A lot of stuff going on, as always. And one thing that I wanted to talk about yesterday, and Dad and I were actually at the store grabbing a uh, – I was grabbing a brace for my um, – Wrist as well. This is this is a funny story. This is interesting. I, I thought about it a lot yesterday and last night, and the more I thought about it, the more irritated me, and the more I wanted to kind of explain to everybody why they're doing this continually. And there was a magazine that was on the rack when we were checking out, and it was from Life, L I F E, Life. You know, the liberal magazine, Life, and it had the 100 most important pictures of all times. And Dad grabs it. I didn't really see it. He sees it and goes, well, look at this. 100 most important pictures of all time. This is interesting. And it's got all kinds of interesting photos. Photos of the Earth from the moon. Photo from, you know, D-Day invasion. And, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Interesting stuff. And pretty much all the photos are almost all done in black and white. There's only very, very few that are actually in color. Almost everything's in black and white in there, and they're more nostalgic photos you go all the way back throughout, you know, kind of the main part, last hundred years kind of of history of the United States, and, you know, a few things from, you know, the world that were extremely influential. And then all of a sudden he's flipping through, and lo and behold, the double-page spread, not a single page, which most of the photos were all getting single page. Some of them, there were two photos to one page. Double page on both sides was a full-color photo of the protesters standing outside of the Capitol building waving MAGA flags and Trump flags. And below it, it said pictures from the attack on the Capitol. And then it goes in the excerpt with the paragraph below to talk about the incredible and deadly insurrection that occurred on the Capitol building and how basically American patriots decided they wanted to cause an insurrection and attack the Capitol building. And it was funny because as soon as Dad looked at it, and I, I started laughing. I started just laughing because as, as soon as I saw it, it was like the 100 most important photos of all time – and the protest in D.C. gets that photo. Now, mind you, there was no photos of any part of Washington, D.C. being burned and cars being firebombed with Molotov, Molotov cocktails by the Antifa and BLM terrorists in 2020. There, there were none of that. There actually wasn't a single photo of any of those incidents that I could find anywhere of that even though that happened all across the entire country repeatedly for months on end. None of that was in there. And I looked at it and I started laughing. And Dad said, well, well, the attack on the Capitol. I said, you know what's funny? And I said, I've asked multiple people this that have had a disagreement with me on this. I said, how many individuals were charged with felony firearm possession on federal buildings? And Dad goes, none. And I said, doesn't that seem like the absolute most horrifically planned worst insurrection that's ever occurred in modern history? That somebody came to do a full-blown insurrection attack on the Capitol, and not a single person brought a gun. Nobody, nobody brought Molotov cocktails. Nobody brought, uh, you know, mortar fireworks with nails attached to them, like Antifa did repeatedly, throwing at federal agents and burning down federal buildings and burning down police stations. But isn't that funny? And there was a guy behind us. You could tell he was just one another. Well, he's hardcore liberals and he's over there just huffing and puffing didn't say anything but i'm just postured up just mad 
Dad and I are talking about. We're just talking about just blatant topic. If anybody ever hangs around Ted and I, we're not the quietest people in the group, but we generally just talk. And I thought it was so funny that it made Time Magazine, but yet nobody has been able to explain to me how this is the most deadliest engagement and horrific attack and insurrection on the Capitol building. I mean, I guess we're not going to talk about the War of 1812 when the White House basically got burned down. We'll just ignore that. But again, it shows you the level of propaganda. And this is why I said on the Hagman Show last week, I said what they are doing with this is they are using this as a catalyst to rewrite history and teach the younger generation. They will do it every single year now. This will be in every history book. This will be in every digital history format, and this will be talked about on every single January 6th anniversary on how the Capitol building was attemptedly overthrown by insurrection patriot Christian conservatives that wanted to basically do a coup on the U.S. government and attack the building. Now, I would have had a little bit more leadway with it if they would have found massive caches of belt-fed automatic weapons with Patriots running in, and there were four or five hundred armed militia that engaged personnel and Secret Service in a deadly gunfight, and there was a siege on the Capitol for days and days and days and days and days with thousands of people basically dying in weapon fights. I'm like, eh, that was that was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. When the worst thing that happened was a couple windows were punched out and a couple doors were broken in, which breaking and entering is not a joke. I don't find it funny. I've never downplayed that. I do not agree with that, nor do I ever agree with that. However, the more we find out, a lot of the individuals that were the leaders in it were FBI informants, and they were being paid by the FBI to directly push this, including the law enforcement who opened up the gates and let people in up the stairs so they could walk into the building. So again, understand what you're being told and understand how it's affecting what you think and your perception of certain things. But that wasn't an accident that they put a double-page spread full color photograph of the Capitol building with the MAGA supporters running around basically saying the battle, the attack on the Capitol. It, 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 you can't make this stuff up. What, what, what do you think? Do you, you think this is where they're going to go with this is try to use this as an annual event on the same page as 9-11 and the Holocaust? Like Pelosi said, that is what she said, that it's right up there with 9-11 and the Holocaust now of what occurred on January 6th, which I don't I mean, that's so insulting to anybody that was ever involved in either one of those. Is that where this is going now, to turn this on the Patriots because we said we were going to protest there? You know, Austin, they had pictures of the Holocaust in that same magazine, pictures of 9-11, pictures of the D-Day invasion, and pictures of the Capitol insurrection. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, they've gotten so much mileage out of the Holocaust. I mean, I'm not – don't get me wrong. The Holocaust – you know, whatever you believe it to have been was horrible. A lot of people died in concentration camps. You know, I don't believe the numbers for a second, what they tell us the numbers were, but, you know, whether, whether there were 6 million or 5 million or 4 million or 3 million or 2 million or 1 million or 200,000, it was too much. People don't need to die like that. But the reality is, is they've gotten so much traction from this. It's amazing to me. And, and you know, we, what we have to understand is the Zionist takeover of the United States. In fact, you know, Donald Trump said that a few weeks ago. You know, one of the things he actually said that was true, that he said around a decade ago that the Zionists and Israel controlled both houses of Congress, which I thought was kind of a actual true statement that he makes. Every once in a while, he'll come up with some nugget of truth, you know, like say uh, even a blind squirrel to find an acorn every once in a while. And, you know, the reality is, is that 
you know, there's, this has been systematic all the way through. Let me, let me give you a little example of this. And I covered this last night when I was on the Jeff Red show and I've never talked about it on this show. The other day I basically went by a, uh, a shop and I picked up a video or DVD of Ben Hur with Charlton Heston and Moses to Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. And they were Blu-ray DVD, excellent movies, both of them. And they were done by Cecil Mayer, you know, the, the big, you know, Zionist Jewish studio in Hollywood back in the fifties. And, you know, and what I've seen now is I'm looking back over the history for the past 70 years. I realize that, you know, Israel became a state back in the forties and there was tremendous animosity about that from the American people because of what had happened with the Palestinians and how they were displaced and just basically gunned down. And so they needed to find some way to try to tie together Zionism and Christianity and Judaism in the Old Testament. So they started producing these huge blockbuster movies. I mean, I'm talking about the sets for these movies were unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the chariot race where they had built that entire stadium that they did or, you know, renovated a stadium or whatever they did with Charlton Heston was unreal. It was one of the best scenes ever done. I mean, today the movie probably would have cost billions to produce. And, and the craziest part about this is, we look at this and we realize at that point they were trying to tie together Judaism and Christianity with Zionism, with Israel, with the support of Israel. It's going to be just real blank blunt here right quick. And, and what ended up happening is through the 50s they kept producing all of these quote-unquote Judaism tied together with Christianity movies. In fact, you know, in this movie with Ben-Hur, you know, a whole bunch of people are listening to Jesus who are Jewish and they're all converting to Christianity. It's, it's pretty amazing they would actually produce this. But then gradually they stopped doing these epic blockbusters as far as Christianity, as far as Judaism and Christianity, as you get into the later part of the 60s. And if you go into the 60s, and you guys who are, who are my age, you'll remember this. They first started putting out Christmas specials back in the early 60s. You know, you had Bob Hope Christmas special, Bing Crosby Christmas special, all these different Christmas specials, and they played a lot of holy music, like, you know, Little Town of Bethlehem or Hark the Herald Angels Sing or, you know, Silent Night, Holy Night, you know, celebrating the birth of Jesus. But as we progressed through the 60s and the quote-unquote CIA and Operation Mockingbird and the Kabbalists started taking full charge of everything being produced, they started leaving the holy songs during the Christmas celebration with these Christmas specials and started coming up with things like Jingle Bell Rock, you know, stupid stuff. It had nothing to do with Christmas because it was just about the holidays. Then they started doing Happy Xmas, Merry Xmas, taking Christ out of Christmas. Then they got to the point where Dean Martin is singing, and I remember when this happened, and, and baby, he sang a song, Baby, It's Cold Out There trying to seduce a girl to get her to drink more alcohol while they're having more cigarettes to get to spend the night and how her, her father and brothers would be all mad if she spent the night with Dean Martin. That's how much it degraded. And I remember how many people that I knew, even in my mom's bar at that time, because I was, you know, she's on that beer tavern. This is like in the late 60s, were unbelievably mad when they came into the bar the ex next day talking about the Dean Martin Christmas special, how he acted like he was drunk during the entire Christmas special, and they're singing this song, Baby It's Cold Outside. Now, that's how far they took a holy Christmas service, you know, that they had in the beginning with Bing Cosby and Bob Hope to Dean Martin. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Dean Martin. He was, just, he was just being used by the Hollywood elite and the Kabbalist group. I thought he was a pretty good actor, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing about all of this is we watched all of this go further and further until we finally get into the 90s with Ellen DeGeneres, and she comes out as a lesbian. 
And then we start seeing all these other people coming out with lesbian. And we see the, the movie, the, the TV show Friends, and they start having lesbian shows on that show. And then gradually it started progressing into this absolute sick stuff. And what we need to understand is this. These people who run Hollywood, these Kabbalists like you know Britney Spears or Madonna or Katy Perry or a plethora of other people that wear the red strings around their wrists, they believe that God is an hermaphrodite, that he basically is a transgender. And that's when I hear preachers say that God is both genders. He's a hermaphrodite. It just drives me up the wall because this is Kabbalist teaching. It's also high-level Masonic Lodge teaching. It is, by the way, just in case you guys need to know that. And what ended up happening is this. If you have a straight person like me in Austin, like you guys, the next level closer to their demon god, Einsof, this hermaphrodite, would be a homosexual. The next person closer to the god you know, of these groups, this, this hermaphrodite god, would be the transgenders. So they feel that the closest expression that you could ever have to God, which God wants us to be, is an hermaphrodite or a transgender. That's why this entire thing is being pushed through Hollywood and pushed through the press. I, I can't. I, I don't even watch the Super Bowl anymore because of the halftime ceremony. You know, because I guarantee it'll be another satanic, you know, collage of just filth and imagery. I'm very careful. If I have a good friend of mine, good friend, known him for many years, he sent me a, a picture the other day of like an image. And I told him, I said, please don't send me any more of the satanic imagery. I don't want to see it. I don't want it being burned indelibly into my right brain where I'll never forget it. Just don't, don't send me stuff like that because these images have power and they have a certain frequency or energy field that permeates your being when you see them. You know, you, you felt that before. You get around somebody and something just ain't right. You know, you feel like you need a shower after you're around them. You're like, well, I don't know what's wrong with that person but something ain't right. When you come to find out that they're a wife swapper or they're a swinger, I guess they call it nowadays, or they're involved in all kinds of weird stuff. And all of a sudden you feel their demons around you and you, the Holy Spirit is irritating their demons Okay, when you're around them. And, and see, that's the thing that we've got to realize is that we don't need to be around people who are engaged in really immoral activities. Now, if a person is a relatively good person, but they don't who Jesus is, you can talk to them or spend some time with them and try to get them saved. But anytime you're around somebody, the main topic of conversation should be Jesus. I had a guy come over yesterday, really nice guy, did some security work for me. And, you know, we started talking about God and about Jesus. I mean, the entire conversation was about Christ. I mean, like the entire time we were together. And he's asking me all these questions. And see, that's the kind of person you want to hang out with. That's the kind of person you want to talk to, somebody who's open and responsive to accepting Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit and learning what the Bible has to say about what we should and shouldn't do on this planet. But when you get around people that are moral reprobates, you know, there's a guy here in Auburndale. The guy's a complete and total pervert. His wife inherited about $10 million, and then he decided to start whoring out his wife and joining swinger clubs. Also knows who I'm talking about. The guy's been arrested over and over and over, and he has no respect for anybody or anybody's wives. In fact, they're here at a party a few years ago. They, somebody, somebody's brother and husband beat him half to death. So, no joke. He was, like, hospitalized and because he won't stop going after other men's wives. And see, people like that need to be avoided. In fact, this guy had bought a barbershop in town from a friend of mine. And I warned my friend. I said, dude, just you don't need to associate with this guy. He's he's really bad news. <laughs> you need to stay away. He hoard out his own wife. And, and see, this is the thing that we've got to understand. 
that as a Christian, we're set apart. We're set apart as being different. The Bible says, come ye out from home and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. It, it, and what you'll find out very quickly, if all you ever want to talk about is Jesus and you're with somebody who's secular, either they're going to convert to Christianity or they're going to stop associating with you. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. When I first got saved back in 1979 at Florida State University while I was in graduate school there, I remember so many of my friends that I had known before I had gotten saved, when I started talking to them about Jesus or wanting to do Bible studies, they all like ran away. They wanted no part of it. Why is that? Well, because certain people decide certain times of their lives that they don't want to have a relationship with Christ or they don't want to be a Christian. A lot of them consider it to be a weakness or a crutch to be a Christian, to rely on Jesus Christ, to rely on the creator of the universe for help and support and direction for your life. I don't. I see that as a strength to realize that we're not alone in the universe, that God created us, and he's willing to do things for us and help us get through life, and if our footsteps can be ordered by him if we listen to him and obey and are led by the Holy Spirit. I consider that to be an amazing strength. A lot of people don't feel that way. But so avoid hanging out with people, guys, that are just filthy. Just avoid it. If they, all they want to do is tell you another dirty joke, if they, all they want to do is go get drunk, if all they want to do is go pick up whores, just avoid them. And avoid situations where you're put into a situation where you have to choose. You know, avoid visiting these people and having the opportunity to have them ask you if you want to be a swinger with them. Just don't do that. You know, if they ask you anything about anything, first thing you start off with is Jesus or that you serve the great I am or my heart beats for the great I am. That snaps them tight pretty quick and they realize they ain't going to go anywhere with you. But guys, don't allow this Kabbalist rhetoric and this perversion and this filth to basically get near you or your family or your children because these people are very unhappy. They really are, and they're very, very upset because they've got this God-shaped vacuum that they're trying to fill up with sex or sex partners or with alcohol or with drugs or with heroin or whatever, and they can't fill up the vacuum. There's a void on the inside that they can't fix, and they'll never fix it without Jesus. But the problem is if they have a – how should I say – a blockage where they don't want to hear it or their mind has already become reprobate. You know, all they will want to do is drag you back into their ditch. You know, we've talked about that before. When you've got a pit and somebody falls into the pit and there's a ladder to get out of the pit, but they don't want to climb the ladder. They want you to crawl down inside the pit 20 feet down and put you, put them on your back and they want to climb, have you climb up the ladder with them while they're tickling you and stabbing you and hitting you and everything else. They want you to take them out of the pit. Well, some people, you just got to let them sit in the pit, you know, and realize that sooner or later, they got to climb the ladder themselves. But guys, listen to me. It's so important that we keep our hearts and minds on Jesus because he is the Lamb of God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is our counselor, our good shepherd, our savior, our redeemer, our deliverer, our Messiah, our way. You can call him our crutch if you want to because he really, I really need him in my life. He's Lord God Almighty. He's Lord of all. He is the resurrection of life. He is the king of kings, and he is the son of God. Remember that. And so always remember who you hang out with and what you do. By the way, you know, last week on Tuesday, the DOJ announced the creation of a domestic terrorism unit, which is being formed by Attorney General Merrick Garland, another communist, for the purpose of criminalizing the majority of the U.S. population to oppose the communist takeover of the United States. You know, it's unbelievable how we're happening this is happening. Remember back in October how the Senate Judiciary Committee opened up a can of, you know, let's go after everybody from the Attorney General over the DOJ's discrimination of parents at school board meetings with Senators Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley upbraiding Garland and contemptuously urging him to resign? Yeah, these guys are not stopping. 
Now they want to come after patriots who do shows like we're doing right now, who want to talk to you about the truth of what happens, you know, if you get involved with communist groups and communist people and you start allowing these people to take over the United States or how the, you know, how the, how the banks are completely run by the communists and how the banks are basically being completely and totally supported by the communists. Goldman Sachs, for instance, you know, and JP Morgan, they received a cumulative total of $8 trillion from the Fed's emergency repo loans in the fourth quarter of 2019. These are two of the banks that are basically part of the Federal Reserve System, and they have access to these funds. $8 trillion, $8 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2019. Two banks along with Nomura. And the crazy part about this is these are short-term loans because these banks are insolvent. But yet we watch the stock market go up and up and up and up and up and up because of all this money being pumped into the market. It's like getting a loan on your, you're getting a cash advance on your credit card over and over and over and over and over again. Sooner or later, somebody's got to pay the bills. They really do. But if they can inflate the assets that they're giving, if they give assets like stocks and bonds back to the Fed as collateral, you know, as far as, you know, what they're doing for these loans. And then they keep running the money back through, running the money back through the market. They can push the asset prices back up and they cause monetization of the loan they have because the inflated asset now when they take it back is worth more than it was to start with. And this is how these clowns do it all the time. They've got a Ponzi scheme going on right now in the world with these fiat currencies and these international banks that have set up central banks all over the world in all of these different countries. And the Ponzi scheme needs more and more and more money to stay afloat. The problem is if the Ponzi scheme ever collapses or if these repo loans stop or if these things stop happening the way they're happening or the growth of the stock market stops or they start raising interest rates, it's going to be a massive contraction of all of this stuff, and they know that. So be prepared for that kind of stuff if they decide to do this, because I guarantee you, everything they do is planned out in advance. Look what happened with the coronavirus. Look what happened to the Wuhan lab. Look what happened to the release of the virus. Look what happened to all these patents that were taken on, like, quote, unquote, these, these, these kill shot injections that they're giving people before they ever released the virus. I mean, this stuff is insane how it's plotted out sometimes weeks, years, decades, centuries in advance. So I want to cover that with you guys this morning. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? You're exactly right. I mean, as, once you look at this stuff and you really dig down deep and you start researching it, you will find out that nothing was coincidental and nothing has been an accident for decades, not just this incident right now. This stuff gets planned. And this is exactly why, remember, 10, 12 years ago, when the gay Kenyan Obama was in office and he started pushing the whole transgender ideology out of nowhere. And if you guys recall, because I mean, I was very, very, starting to the point where I was very awake at that point. I started realizing what happened and what was going on. And nobody really knew or cared much about transgender ideology. Nobody really did. If anybody wanted to be, you know, a cross-dresser, typical terminology, you want to be a cross-dresser and you want to go be a grown man and go dress up in a dress and go be drag, nobody really cared about you. Just go do your own thing, man. As long as you don't involve me or my family, nobody really thought about it. It's just a whole other little weird subculture. they got to deal with their own stuff in their own head. It was. That's pretty much how it was. But then all of a sudden, Obama brought it to the forefront of topic. And he started talking about how it needed to be accepted. And then he first brought in the whole topic of grown adult men need to be able to use the bathrooms with little girls. And that got a bunch of pushback. And that got a lot of people's attention. The problem with it was it didn't stop. Then the schools adopted it. And once the schools started adopting this type of ideology, it's gone downhill faster than a mudslide in the Amazon 
it has gone absolutely horrific. I now saw another article from Steve Watson. He came out, and the Parents Watchdog Group, Parents Defending Education, PDE, their acronym, has now warning that school districts in Minnesota are now pushing transgender pride books and materials on the children as young as three years old and early preschool now. The group said that St. Paul Public School District is allowing two separate organizations called AMAZE, A-M-A-Z-E, and Outfront Minnesota to push the materials in their school. This is very important. There's a reason why I'm bringing this up right now that ties right into what Dad was saying. The PDE shared a document that shows books titled, When Aiden Becomes a Brother, I Love My Colorful Nails, and another one called My Princess Boy is now being handed out to preschoolers. The books are all about young boys and girls transitioning to transgender and having feelings that are different to their biological gender. The handouts created by Amaze also contain suggested activities for children labeled as social, emotional learning and anti-bias education. Another handout advises teachers to ask students for names and pronouns and refer to those students to the name and gender change request form. Now, I want to clarify just again. This isn't Transgender Studies 101 in freshman year of college at a liberal university. This is preschool material right now that's being handed out. We're not talking about learning ABCs. We're not talking about learning one, two, three. We're not talking about learning actual things that children three and four years old need to learn. We're talking about promoting full-blown, sadistic, pedophilia, transgender ideology to children as young as three years old in the public school system now, and not only promoting it, encouraging them to do it and change their gender by giving them sheets so they can pick their gender at three years old. Now, I don't know if anybody's probably had any three-year-old children there around. I'm sure a lot of our listeners had, as I'm sure most of them are parents. I know I have two kids that both have been three at one point in their lives, and I can tell you right now, if I start reading my children pedophilia, perversion, transgender books like this, and I start handing them worksheets to pick out what gender they want to be and start using different colors and all these different things, I can tell you right now, they're just going to start picking random stuff, and they're going to have no idea what they're even talking about. They're just going to start babbling on about the stuff that you basically are teaching them, the stuff that they are being taught, the stuff that these perverted communist teachers are indoctrinating them into. These three-year-old kids don't have any idea about gender. They don't have any idea about biological status. They don't have any idea about the physiology of the body. They don't have any idea about that. They're literally living in a fantasy world at that age. Three, four, five, six years old, there's no logical reasoning with children that age as far as real, true gender. There's no understanding of those concepts. These kids basically think if you tell them they're Iron Man, they'll be Iron Man. You tell them that they're Supergirl, they think they're Supergirl. That, that's what they automatically be. You say, hey, hey, little Jimmy, do you want to be a girl today? Oh, yeah, I'll be a girl. Yeah, you want to be a Supergirl today? You want to be a different gender? Pick your gender? Yeah, sure. You will go put on a princess dress and we'll put nail polish on you. Okay. They don't know any different. The only thing they know is what you are teaching them or what these teachers are teaching them and putting into their head. And now it's one thing now, the pushback from the PDE director, he said, how can a school district even defend spending time and money on this ideological garbage when two-thirds 
of the student district can't even read on a grade level and 80% aren't proficient in math. Ooh. Ooh. And no one was talking about that. Why are these public school systems graduating children that don't even know how to read on a basic level? Why are these children graduating from high school and they don't even know basic arithmetic? Why are these children graduating from high school and they don't even know English dialect? They can't even speak in proper English form, much less write an actual essay out with English punctuation. But they can tell you about all 67 genders that are popping up or 87 or 97, whatever they come up with each day. I don't know. They pick it out of a hat. I can't keep up with it, nor do I want to. This is exactly what they're doing. They're going after the children now. And dad called it so succinctly. This entire group that's running this, they want the children because they want their souls. I know that's a dark topic to bring up right now, but I'm being serious. After I saw this, I got so mad when I saw the covers of these books and what they're teaching them and the synopsis of it. I'm not even going to read the synopsis of these books. It makes me so mad. And this is for three- and four-year-old reading material, guys. Again, this isn't transgender study 101 in college that some you know teenage kid wants to go learn about because he's a moron. This isn't that. That's they're right. If they're 19 years old, 18 years old, and they're paying for their own college and they want to take these classes, don't care. Not my problem anymore. They want to go learn that filth. But teaching this to three and four year old children, this is the final phase in bringing in the next realm of full blown pedophilia. That's why they're doing this. You already saw L.A. District. Now I saw the article yesterday. A kid now that was 17 years old that two weeks before he turned 18 raped a 10-year-old girl in the bathroom, has now basically finally been caught and charged after multiple charges in another state, now is basically extradited back to L.A. to be charged. He's now 26 years old now. This happened years ago. They're now saying that they're only going to charge him as a juvenile, and he's going to get one year in jail, and they're going to send him to juvenile detention center at 26 years of age because when he did it, he was technically a minor two weeks before he turned 18. This, this is the L.A. prosecuting attorney. This is the one that's allowing people to be arrested multiple times in the same day and keep getting released out on bond. The same groups that are allowing these guys to run around and pillage trains and steal trains and get arrested the same day and be out the next day with like a $100 fine. These are those same groups. These are the same groups that basically have gone in now and are allowing people to be knifed and shot and mugged in stores. And those guys get arrested and put back out on pretrial release for the next six months with like a $1,000 bond. They're intentionally ruining L.A. to bring L.A. as low as they can to the lowest common denominator and make it a hellhole. That's the point of why they're doing this, so they can bring in as much chaos as possible. This is why I've continued to tell people. I get it why a lot of people are moving out of California. I get it, especially Southern California. Now, Northern California still has some really, really nice, beautiful spots up there, and it's actually conservative in some areas, but they still are the state of California. My biggest thing that I've continued to say, and I've told people this, I've told people this to their face before, if you're coming here to Florida or you're coming to Texas or even you're coming to Georgia or you're coming to anywhere that's better than California, which is pretty much every state, don't come to this state and bring your perverted ideology and expect everybody to start listening and following what you did because clearly you failed your city in L.A. L.A. is a failure now. It is a failed city. It's right up there with Detroit. It's right up there with Chicago. It is not a place that anybody wants to live as far as it has any type of significant you know, morals that they're trying to promote anymore. I mean, you got Mayor Lightfoot Beetlejuice up there 
blatantly doing the same thing. She's trying to bring Chicago down as far as it can. People getting released from jail, basically district attorney. They do this, and you see it. They do it in every single state and city they're trying to dissolve. What spooks me is exactly what I just said. So many people are moving here to Florida at an all-record-time pace. And the problem is, for some odd reason, leftist liberals have a real short attention span, and they get beat into that ideology where they want to vote everything hardcore leftist. They come to Florida now, they're going to say, Florida's such a great state. We really need to make Florida more like California because it'll make everything better now. Seen it happen. Multiple parts of Texas are like that now, where they're full-blown liberal leftists. This is what they're trying to push, and this is what they're putting in the school system. Be aware of it and understand what's happening. Also, to another news, speaking of Florida, I thought I would bring this up to kind of give everybody a real idea of what's happening, not just from the food shortage standpoint, but what we're seeing happen in Florida. They are now saying that over in Florida now, we have had some of the worst green, um, basically the, the green citrus greening disease that has occurred in Florida, and it started back in 19, or excuse me, in 2005, and it's plagued growth since then. And basically the Department of Agriculture said the oranges are essentially not being harvested as they can't because they're not producing fruit. They're now saying in the state of Florida, as of 2021, if the numbers actually stay the same, the forecast for orange production and harvesting in the state of Florida will be the worst since 1945. Yeah. And what's happened is now, this wasn't a coincidence that happened in 2005. Mid-early 2000s is exactly when they started doing the chemtrail operation. They started running planes over with barium and aluminum spray all day long. You do the research on it. You can look at it with the operations of the Air Force started. Weather warfare is not a joke. They've done this now, and they've killed huge swaths of agriculture in Florida. I mean, obviously, you can see the numbers I just told you. And what's happened is now, these orange groves are being sold out to developers. And now the developers are coming in, and they're bulldozing the orange groves because the orange groves are pretty much dead, and they're going in and putting high-density apartments all over the entire state, and they're not being forced to put in any type of significant roadway expansion at all. We dealt with this locally repeatedly where they wanted to put a whole other subdivision in with a storage unit and didn't even want to put a turn lane in on a two-lane road into an entirely new subdivision with a storage unit. And we fought to get all of it blocked. And, of course, they ramrod it through because there are a few groups in the local community that basically are involved in a lot of stuff that I'm not even going to bring up here on this show. But at the end of the day, they finally were forced to put in two different turning lanes because they basically said, well, there's no rebuttal to that. You can't have a giant subdivision off a two-lane road with no turning lane in. Now, we'll see what they actually do because, quite frankly, I think they completely and totally lied to everybody like they do on a regular basis. They like to completely come in and rip out giant communities and put in thousands and thousands and thousands of houses with no infrastructure increase and then turn around and say, well, that's not our problem. We weren't ones who were supposed to do that. You guys can figure it out now after they've gone in and made their millions and millions of dollars. That's why BlackRock and Vanguard and the Federal Reserve now are pretty much buying up every single subdivision in the entire country. That's why the Federal Reserve now holds 24% of all mortgages in the entire United States, making them the largest mortgage holder in the country. That's not coincidence, guys. They're getting everything lined up to be exactly what they want, and they want to control the entire infrastructure, housing market, money supply, stock market, everything is to be under their control. That's why I've increasingly told people, make sure you have backup hedging. 
not giving you any financial advice, but in my opinion, if I was somebody that was in a financial position to do so, I would recommend make sure you are hedged with silver, gold, platinum, palladium. Whatever your choice is to pick, it's up to you. I'm not giving you advice, but I'm saying it's a very, very, very important strategy right now because the market, as Dad said, is out of control. I mean, every time you turn around, another Dow, Dow stock market high of all time, another Dow high, another Dow high. Guys, why do you think the market's going up at this rapid of a rate? There's so much cash being pumped into it. That's why all this real estate's being brought up. That's why all these vehicles are being bought up. That's why everything's being bought up at record paces. That's why people are paying 20, 30, 40% over what MSRP is on certain vehicles and certain items because there's so much cash in the market. At the same time, you're seeing the inflationary rate at 7%. The only thing that's ever hedged good against massive inflation has been gold and silver. And people argue, and they say, well, you can look at this, and there was a time when it dropped here, and then this and that. Look at the entire graph on it, my friends. Look at how it's gone up and what could actually buy you. The easiest way to say it is this. Back in the early 1900s, an ounce of gold would buy you a really, really nice, fine, three-piece style suit. Currently, right now, today, an ounce of gold will buy you a really, really nice, high-end, three-piece suit. It's always bought you the same thing. People look at gold as the monetary value behind it. Say, well, it dipped here and then it went up here and then it peaked here and then it dropped back down here. I can buy this. You know, guys, listen. It's not about the monetary value number on it. That's the whole gimmick. They tell you, well, this is a hundred dollars. This is a thousand dollars. This is five hundred dollars. It's meaningless. If something costs you a thousand dollars, but the fact is, it doesn't cost anywhere near that five years ago, and you kept that same amount of money. You're in a hole. It's like I told somebody the other day. I said, dude, if you got $100,000 in savings and you basically aren't utilizing it or hedging it or doing anything or buying up silver and gold with it, and you're getting a 0.1% interest rate return on the bank for them to be able to, be able to use your money at a 40 to 1 derivative spread, meaning they can, they can loan 40 to 1 on your $100,000 in cash you have in the bank. And I said in this interest rate right now, the inflationary rate 7% right now. I said, your $100,000 is losing money by the month. I said, I highly encourage you to actually start looking at some options on what you need to do to hedge yourself because anything is better than going to cash once it goes sideways, and that's where it's headed right now. All the markets are absolutely overblown and out of control, and it's not by accident. Like Tad just said earlier, with the doggone repo loans back at the end of 2019, $8 trillion of J.P. Morgan in repo loans – I mean, do we think this is supposed to be normal? No, it's not. We got a taste of it in 2007. The problem is a lot of people, again, as I say, have a very short-term memory, and they don't want to remember what happened back then, and they want to pretend that this is a new high, and this is a new high, and it's never going to come down, and it's never going to stop, and I promise you, not everything's going to go on forever. Now, I'm not saying the sky is falling. It's all going to drop tomorrow. I'm not saying that at all. I think they're going to milk this cow for as long as they possibly can until they kill it. The U.S. dollar is the reserve currency of the world, and right now the petrodollar is still functional. Now, we'll see what happens to occur with over there with this thing in Russia and Ukraine and China and everything else. Because if that goes sideways and they start trading in gold and a huge chunk of the world starts trading oil for gold and other assets and commodities, the petrodollar is going to drop and it's going to dissipate. And once that happens, I promise you the U.S. dollar will be right behind it. Once you start seeing the credit cards fail – 
I'm telling you guys this right now. Everybody heads up. Multiple people have told me this. Once you start seeing the credit cards fail, meaning you can't go to the store and use your card, every single place you go to use your card doesn't work. You got about three to five days before ultimate chaos starts hitting major cities because once people start going hungry, that's it. Everything falls apart very, very rapidly. Now, of course, rural areas and places you know that are lower density population and people are more sufficient – you're going to have a much, much, much lower chance of any of that occurring because most of those people don't even go to the store and use credit cards for extended periods of time anyways. You're out in the rural part of Montana. You don't go to Walmart every single day because Walmart's on, you know, an hour drive one way for you to go get stuff. You're pretty self-sufficient where you're living. But you get places like Orlando, like Tampa, like Miami, Atlanta, L.A., you start having stuff fail and people can't get gas and people can't get fuel. That's why I always encourage people the best you can Try to keep your vehicle full at all times. Full is full. A half is basically empty to me. Once you hit half a tank, it's time to fill up again. Because if there's ever a point where you got to get out of a situation very rapidly, the last thing you want to do is go to get your truck and crank it up, and you go, oh, gosh, I got an eighth of a tank left right now, and now i got to figure out where I'm going to get fuel in the midst of all this. Always have a backup plan and try to think multiple steps ahead because that right there in and of itself – will help you out in the future because that's the problem with most people now. Nobody thinks ahead. Nobody thinks much past tomorrow or the next day or pretty much more than the weekend. Most people don't think about what happens if I can't get fuel at the gas station. I told you guys this a couple weeks ago when I went to the racetrack and went to fill up on a Sunday afternoon. And I went inside. I, I, was, I was pumping in gas. And basically, I used my credit card because it actually worked. I just filled up the truck. And all of a sudden, I saw people constantly in the front door racetrack. Yelling and cussing and pitching a fit and stomping off. And I said, what in the world is going on right now? And I walked up to the door, big old sign door. Due to shortages, due to basically employee shortages, we are not currently open right now. You can still use the outside pumps. And I thought to myself, what would have happened if I had cash? What would happen if I didn't have a credit card? What happened if the credit cards didn't work? Well, that fuel station is going to be kapoom. Well, that means everybody else in that situation and all the other gas stations are going to get overwhelmed. What happens when their credit cards don't work? What happens when they start running out of fuel? Everything starts to go sideways very, very quickly. And now what they're rolling out with the 5G today, and they're about to turn this thing up. And, you know, the FAA, they're still pitching a fit about it. And all this other chaotic mess is happening behind the scenes. And now we're seeing children literally being treated like criminals. I saw a video the other day, and I don't even know really what to think of it. I think it just came out yesterday, this morning. I've been trying to get a full understanding of it. It's an L.A. public charter school. It's in the New West Charter, L.A., and they have five girls that are segregated behind basically a big stanchion, and apparently they were causing a uh, a ruckus. They're all unvaccinated. They're proudly unvaccinated. They're recording themselves in the video, and they're basically being fully segregated. They asked for chairs. They were denied. They're sitting on the pavement behind the building, cordoned off with law enforcement standing around them. They're not even allowed to go use the restroom. And they're basically saying that they caused a disruption, and they are going to be suspended immediately. Now, I don't know if anybody else has been to school before, but I've never heard of children being stuck outside on the concrete, told they have to sit on the floor and being cordoned off with law enforcement and claiming they're fully unvaccinated and being told they're going to be suspended immediately because they were starting a basically 
disrupting school activities. Now, I'm still trying to figure out what's the backstory with this. Did they get in a fight? Did they get in an argument? I don't know, but I've never seen anybody treated like this in a school being stuck behind the school building, sitting on the asphalt with locked, basically armed guards. I and mean, these are these girls are like freshmen in high school. I mean, they, they may be rambunctious. They may have gotten themselves in trouble. I don't know. But at the end of the day, golly, they're still kids. This is where they're taking it. This is in L.A. This is where they want to mandate all vaccines for all school children all the time. And I'm trying to get some more backstory on this video. If you guys get any more information on it that just came out today, please feel free to email me on the website and give me a heads up what's going on because I'm very curious to see why this is occurring over there right now. What do you think, Dan? You know, Austin, the whole thing with California and L.A., I don't know why anybody lives there. I mean, I've been there multiple times. If you don't speak Spanish, you might as well not go there. You can't hardly get a job if you didn't speak Spanish. I mean, it's just completely filled with, you know, immigrants that have come from third world countries that, you know, a lot of them are completely and totally just criminals. They, they left with their gangs and the M13 gangs out of California and out of, you know, out of, out of Mexico and they've come into LA and they sit there and they just prey on people and they just, they just, they just kill people. And, and you see this over and over and over again. You think, well, why do these people stay there? Well, a lot of people have their livelihood there. A lot of people have their property there. A lot of people have their homes there. A lot of people like the climate, I guess, moved to another part of the state. But it's a major failed city is what it is. And I've been there multiple times. I've driven all over Los Angeles. We used to do tours out there. You know, I had an RV, and we were driving out there to do seminars or large radio broadcasts. I remember I was on with, I was on with Rick Dees on KISS FM multiple times, and I had driven to L.A. And several times. I flew out there. And it's just a yuck place to go. It really is. And so people that are staying there who are conservatives, it doesn't make any sense to me. Even the liberals are fleeing L.A. But it's like you said earlier in the show, Austin, they come from L.A. and they drag their, how should I say, junk with them. And they start voting the same way they voted that destroyed their own cities here. And I can't stand that one when that kind of stuff happens. By the way, the CDC has changed its numbers of death in 2020 by almost 400,000. In other words, they increased the amount of deaths to try to, I believe, help cover the deaths that are happening in 2021. According to a screenshot from a CDC page taken on December the 30th, 2020, there were 2,900,000 deaths for all causes of the U.S. for the entire year of 2020. The number shows there was a little increase in deaths from the pandemic in 2020, having the page disappeared from the CDC website. According to a later CDC report, April 19th, it now says there were 3.3 million deaths in the U.S. in 2020. However, the higher replacement number is a provisional number, which is an estimate. There's a difference of 486,000 deaths between the two numbers that were both presented by the CDC, with the higher number being a provisional number. And, you know, and this, this author, the article that I'm reading you from right now, believes that these were added to cover up the increased deaths in 2021. More than 400,000 in 2021 after the experimental COVID jabs were introduced. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I believe that most of these statistics that we're getting from the CDC are fudged numbers. In other words, they're not, they're not, they're not accurate. I believe that they put as many as they possibly can in there to make it palatable for the population of the United States without going nuts. Yeah, I talked on this. I talked about this last night on Jeff Rentz's show. If we've got a situation where the Deagler report says that we're going to be down to 100 million people in the United States 
in three years, that means we're going to have to lose about five million per month as far as the population of the U.S. in order to meet those projections that were also promoted and pushed on the Georgia Guidestones for 500 million totally on the population of the planet. Guys, listen to me. The numbers they're giving us aren't right. Now, when we drive to Orlando, when we get into a tourist area, the traffic is absolutely awful. But a lot of times when we're driving around, you know, in the afternoons now, the traffic's not as bad as it was. Now, I don't know if that's because people are scared and they're staying home or we're having so many people that are dying that are not being put on the records that they really aren't on the road any longer. Remember in Wuhan, China, when this thing started several years ago, they had 15 million people permanently turn off their cell phones. 15 million? That's kind of an indication that a lot of people just either decided they didn't like technology any longer or they were no longer there to play with the technology. So there's a problem here with statistics and with the government never-ending lying. They don't want to tell us how many people are dying. They don't want to tell us how many people are sick. They really don't want us to know those numbers because if we know those numbers, we're going to get on social media and push and push and push and push and push more. Now, another guy out of, out of Europe, he basically was suicided, I believe. You know, he was basically talking about what was going on, how in the world this was happening all over the United States, all over the world, and what they were doing. And suddenly he ends up dead. And you think, how in the world can these people just be dying like this? Well, they've killed well over 100 physicians that have worked in all medicine over the years, they just disappear. They just they basically are killed. They all invariably they commit suicide with a 12 gauge shotgun standing in a raft. You know, I mean, it's stupid stuff. And the sad part about it is when you see this stuff that this is happening, you go, well, this isn't okay. I don't like any of this stuff. But that's right. If you continue to tell everybody you don't like it, you continue to promote this show, our show, or any show that you like that you listen to that are telling people the truth that's telling the people the truth, then, you know, we can make a change because we're shifting this mindset in the United States now. And mind you, it's like pulling teeth out of a cadaver. It is tough. It is hard to get people to open their hearts and minds and realize what's going on. They don't want to believe it. They really don't because of normalcy bias, because they've been so programmed by the media to believe everything is the truth that's coming out of the, you know, out, out of the idiot box. But the reality is, is that the idiot box is losing it's effectiveness. Now we've had about 270 people, you know, condemn Joe Rogan. A lot of them just PhDs or just general citizens about what he's saying on the air about him not liking the coronavirus, you know, vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. And now people are asking me yesterday, is Joe Rogan part of the, how should I say, Kabbalist group that's running the planet? Look at his guests and who he puts on. Just thought I'd mention that. I don't trust most of his guests. In addition to that, he received a hundred million dollars. Remember what Otto Kahn said. Otto Kahn said they have to control both sides of the narrative in order to create the desired outcome that they want. I've read that to you dozens of times on the show. I'll post it again today. But guys, please don't allow these people that have big media presence to come in and just continue to lie to you by giving you 80% correct information and 20% lies. That's what they've always done with Operation Mockingbird. They come in and they, if they're not talking to you about Zionism or the Third Temple or the Kabbalists or the fact of why they're pushing the hermaphroditic agenda and why they believe that their God's a transgender, if they don't talk to you about things like that or the rebuilding of the Third Temple and the coming of the Antichrist or any of these things that we cover on this show on an ongoing basis, either they're not as learned as they need to be as far as doing a talk show, or they're not basically wanting to have the pushback from telling you guys the truth, or 
They're CIA Operation Mockingbird, and they're just basically doing this because they want to have the notoriety or to make a bunch of money. I'm just letting you guys know that up front. Not that being an alt media is all that profitable because it's very difficult to monetize it. But I want to thank you again for supporting Health Masters. I mean, you guys, if it wasn't for you guys getting your supplements from us and your toothpaste and your deodorant, all the other things that you get from us, we couldn't do this show. If you'll just get your multiple vitamins from us every month, it'll support the show. And I want to thank you for that. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. And it means the world to me when I hear from you guys, you guys text me or you ask me to pray for you because guys we're in this together we really are you know what they say in the revolutionary war either we're all going to stand together we're all going to hang separately i mean you know it's part of what we are in now we're in a situation where the government has been completely taken over by the cabalist lucentarian communist group of the rothschild banking cartel which has been their goal now since a hundred years ago when they, they took over russia it's the same group it's always the same group and once you realize that the lights pop on and it cannot be unseen. And then you see them in everything that they're doing. I love you guys. I appreciate you so very, very much. Remember, keep the faith. Always remember, Jesus is the answer. Austin, finish it up. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's well said. Same thing that goes on, like we said, with the Revolutionary War. And also, they can't hang us all. If everybody starts getting the fact and understanding that there's a lot more power in numbers, and if people start standing up for this and stop caring about everybody's opinion, make a huge difference. There's a um, local veterinarian I just found out about today that we constantly take our dog to, and they're super cool. The doctor's super cool. We've dealt with them before. They're super nice people, and we referred one of our friends over to him just this morning, and she called him up, and the receptionist was on the phone. She goes, Hey, I need to, you know, I need to make an appointment with you guys. Our friend did. And she goes, I want to make sure that there's no, you know, nonsense mask stuff. I mean, obviously they're not a hospital. They're basically, they're a vet. And the lady goes, absolutely. There's a mask mandate here. You're not allowed in without a mask. And our friend goes, well, you understand that masks don't work, but they're not even preventing anything. Obviously you can see that by the numbers. She goes, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, then you don't have to come here. Click hangs up on her. Don't secretary on the phone with a new client that we referred over there. So now Lan and I have to get involved with the doctor and basically the vet and ask her what in the world's going on, why they're treating people like this over the phone, not to mention why they're acting like a complete and total bunch of lunatics. Now I've told you guys this before. I've used this excuse many a times. As far as I have a medical exemption, I have a medical exemption. You can't ask me what my medical exemption is because that violates HIPAA. Period. Done. I've used that excuse numerous times. Now, a lot of times people try to use that against you and say, well, uh, you, it's private business now. It doesn't matter. We can still discriminate against you because, quite frankly, in order to use a HIPAA or medical discrimination suit against somebody, it's a complete and total nightmare. So they pretty much call your bluff on it, and they just refuse you service. That's what happens a lot of times now. However, I still have used that very successfully. The second part of that is most of the time I just don't even ask people. They tell me to put it on. I've had normal people do it, and I just ignore them. Oh, yeah, whatever. You need a mask? Oh, I'm fine. That's continuing to go on my business. I've never seen, not me personally, I've never seen anybody physically accost somebody in public, at least myself, as far as grab you by the shoulder and try to forcibly put a mask on you. I've never seen anybody do it. Now, I've had people stop in front of me and try to prevent me entry. I've done that before, too. I've seen that. So there's a level to how far everybody wants to take this. And I'm telling you right now, I'm taking this to the very end now. I'm done with it. I'm completely and totally over it. I don't comply with any of this at all anymore ever. And if people start pushing that and people start holding that resolve, it makes a whole lot of stuff change very, very abruptly. But that's the problem, isn't it? 
a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Just like we've already seen now repeatedly the research now that's coming out with the graphene oxide in the shots. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to question it. Now we got 5G turning on today. Now we got cases of myocarditis and pericarditis all over the entire country now. I saw another graph earlier today. Israel, the only quadruple vax country in the world, where they've had their first two shots and their third booster, and now their fourth booster. Pretty much like majority of the entire country's had their fourth booster now. They also have full mask mandates everywhere you go. They have COVID passports, can't get into anywhere without a vaccine passport. They just broke the global record for daily COVID cases now, 2021. Yeah, four shots, mandatory mask, vaccine passports, social distancing, just broke the record. Why? Because in my opinion, a lot of other people's opinion, the shot is the bioweapon. It was designed to be that from the very beginning. That's what the whole plan was. And it wasn't just what came out of Wuhan. It was the developing the RNA gene therapy that never would have gotten allowed or approved by the FDA without an emergency and no other life-saving treatments like ivermectin, which is what they said, which is a lie now, as we found out from DARPA. Realize what they're telling you and understand it's your responsibility to stand up for the truth once you figure it out, my friends. So thank you again for the support and pushing back the best you possibly can. The product of the week, y'all voted, and it won the um, magnesium and malic acid capsules. Those are going to be on sale today. We'll be switching those over here shortly on the website at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check those out right now. B-Complex also on sale. Lots of other products back in stock like the joint rebuilding formula, the vitamin C capsule, the antioxidants. Check them out on the website, healthmasters.com. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.